Welcome to Insights at the Edge, produced by Sounds True. My name's Tammy Simon. I'm the founder of Sounds True, and I'd love to take a moment to introduce you to the new Sounds True Foundation. The Sounds True Foundation is dedicated to creating a wiser and kinder world by making transformational education widely available. We want everyone to have access to transformational tools such as mindfulness, emotional awareness, and self-compassion, regardless of financial, social, or physical challenges. The Sounds True Foundation is a nonprofit dedicated to providing these transformational tools to communities in need, including at-risk youth, prisoners, veterans, and those in developing countries. If you'd like to learn more or feel inspired to become a supporter, please visit SoundsTrueFoundation.org. You're listening to Insights at the Edge. Today, my guest is Donna Eden, and this is a special rebroadcast of a classic Insights at the Edge episode. Donna Eden is one of the world's leading energy healers and trainers. She's treated over 10,000 individual clients and taught hundreds and hundreds of classes worldwide. Donna has been able, from childhood, to perceive the body's subtle energies. She works with those energies to heal other people and to teach others how to work with them as well. Which sounds true, Donna Eden, along with her partner, David Feinstein, are featured presenters in a new offering called The Year of Energy Healing, the Year of Energy Healing will have featured presentations and practices each month with energy healers teaching from around the world, including Carolyn Mace, Heather Ash Amara, Damian Eccles, Anne-Marie Shiasan, and Ianla Van Zandt. I hope you'll join us. The Year of Energy Healing starts in July of 2020. And to find out more, you can go to SoundsTrue.com. In this episode of Insights at the Edge, Donna and I spoke about her unique gifts and challenges as someone who both sees energy and has also healed herself from serious medical challenges using the techniques of energy medicine. We also spoke about something quite controversial, taking on other people's illnesses and experiences as part of her work as a healer and why Donna actually embraces this unusual approach. Donna also shares with listeners a technique for opening with total trust to the energy of the heavens. Here's my conversation, a beautiful and uplifting conversation with Donna Eden. Donna, I find you such an unusual person and such a gifted healer that I want to start right here in the beginning by having you help me get a sense of what it might be like to live inside of you. Now, I'm serious. And what I mean by that is, how do you experience the world? How do you experience people and situations? Oh, <laughs> um, I, well, first I'd like to say that I was probably 20, 21 years old before I knew that the whole world didn't see energy. I thought every human being on Earth energy 
And when I found out they didn't, because my first husband was going to put me in a mental institution for saying such things, and he was afraid people would think I was nuts, um, I, uh, I I didn't know how people made up their minds about things. I didn't know how they figured out what to do. And, and over time, I think I understood it better because um, I think other people developed their left brains stronger than I did. I'm very right brain, and it just followed energy. I mean, I watched and followed and felt energy all my life, and that's how I maneuvered through life. And I still do, although I'm fascinated with brilliant minds. And I think that maybe I'm evolving that way more, where other people might be trying to get left, less left brain. I'm getting more. But um, I, I think I think one of the hardest things for me has been, um, you know, I'm 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 past menopause now, and it's a lot easier. When I used to be premenstrual, I I could not turn it off at all. So that if I walked down the street, I could see who had cancer, or who had heart problems, or who was suffering from some emotional trauma, and I. I, I would want to, and sometimes I did. I I grab people and say, "Let me help you." I and and want to help them, you know, long before I had a practice. So it was like I didn't have boundaries. It was all I would just merge almost with another person. And I've I've come to find out over time, the last thirty years, how to how to. Um, let that happen and not harm me in any way, because I also used to pick up everybody's everything, but not, but, but not so much anymore. And I also loved it, by the way. I loved that there were no boundaries, because I also felt like I could look at people, and even if they had things in their energy field that seemed not so right or even harmful to anybody else, you could also see their beauty and their wonder. And I have always been humbled by human beings, how really good they are. Nobody has ever asked that in an interview, by the way. <laughs> You've actually already said a lot that I want to go into in a bit more detail here. Walking down the street and you can see that somebody has cancer. You know, the, the people use this word energy so differently and mean different things. So I want to really understand what you see what you see when you meet somebody or feel or sense. like Try to unpack it in more a full way for me. Okay. Um, well, I, I can see very clearly nine different energy systems. And on each of those systems, I will see different things. I will also feel different things on each of the systems. And so if somebody is very very excited or happy or it will really show up in their aura and it will come up in colors of a of a, a brightness and it and, it, and their aura goes out very far and so that's that you can see very very quickly if somebody isn't in that state but um, their a disease is maybe they don't even know they have a disease but it's starting to get strong in their body it will be louder and more visible than anything in their aura or their chakras. It's like um, it will be different because different cancers have a different energy, but it always moves faster 
than the human body. Uh, I, I mean, every, there's a certain speed or rhythm that all energies have, and disease usually goes faster. And that's why a lot of people succumb, I think, to diseases. They don't know, even when they're using the best healing techniques, they can't, they can't overcome the speed of the illness. And so, um, so that's there. If I see um, somebody feeling very shy, their aura pulls in really, really tight to them. If I see somebody, um, I think always confused me when somebody, you can see that when somebody is saying something different, like maybe not telling the truth, that's different than their energy. And I'm not a suspicious person. So I always... What does that look like to you when you see that? Well, there's a a resonance or a coherence when somebody is telling the truth. Everything is aligned up. And when suddenly they're starting to speak, it doesn't match anything in their energy because their chakras tell a story, their aura tells a story. Everything is telling a story and their words have an energy that doesn't match their being, doesn't even match it. And so it's either they're telling telling an untruth or they don't know what the truth is or you know, they are they're trying to search for sometimes I see that when somebody is trying to search for what is the truth and people often feel like they have to give an answer real quick when somebody asks you a question. So sometimes and I see it in children a lot, you can see them searching. It's like a little energy beam is going out into their field trying to find the answer and then they land on something that might not have anything to do with truth at all. But they that was they were doing the best they could. Okay, now you said you see, feel, sense nine different energy systems. Did you come up with this categorization of the nine different energy systems trying to understand all the information you were receiving? Um, I, I never even had a name for the systems. They, they were just so apart organically of me that I would I just sort of categorized it in my own way and when after I healed myself and that's how I got into this professionally I healed myself from something that I wasn't supposed to be able to heal from um, then and um, David interviewed me to try to understand what were they and I would say two-thirds of them of those energy systems are systems that have been categorized by other cultures. So then I could say, oh, that's what I've been talking about when I, so I really needed some titles and names that other people have, have named. There's a few that I don't have, I haven't found in another culture yet, but they probably are. I just haven't come across that culture that has this. So I've named things, I've given them names myself for lack of anything I could find in any kind of literature. Yeah, I definitely want to get into what those systems are and what you've called them, but we're going to hold off for a moment. I want to understand more what this illness was that you had and how your own gifts were able to be applied to the healing of that illness. Okay, I, um, I had, at 16 years old, I got multiple sclerosis. And, um, and it, it got progressively worse except when I was pregnant, somehow all symptoms would go away, but after pregnancy they would come back. And, um, and 
and then by the time I was 29, I was in real trouble and starting to be able to not walk anymore. I had a buzzing that went all over my body and my face and my hands for the next two years where I, it felt like everything was asleep. And sometimes it would be so extreme on my face, I could not, I couldn't form words anymore because I couldn't have any control over my muscles. And, um, and I went to five different supposed great experts in the world who all said not only was this happening that I had multiple sclerosis, but my organs were breaking down so fast that uh, two of these five gave me that I wouldn't be alive in nine months. And the other three, it spread out further. One said, you know, and you won't be around uh, somewhere between two and three years were the others that I wouldn't be alive and I'd better figure out what I was going to do with my kids. And, and there was no cure and my organs were breaking down. I was allergic to everything now so that I, I, the only food I could eat that I would not have an allergic, extreme allergic reaction to often ending up in the hospital was red meat. And I've often thought the reason why it was red meat is because multiple sclerosis is a breakdown of the myelin sheath, which is protein, and your body needs protein so bad. Uh, you know, meat is a really dense protein, and so that's the only thing I could eat. And um, so, so I don't know where I was going from there, but I, uh, I, when when I was diagnosed with this and, and given the dire consequences of death, somehow I I can't tell you why, but somehow I was not afraid. What came into my mind instantly was, oh, I guess I'm going to have to heal myself. They don't know what to do. And I immediately quit going to doctors, never again to go to a doctor. I, 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 that day, I put, I put my hand, one hand on my knee and one hand on my upper leg, and I noticed that it took about three minutes before this area of my body where I couldn't move at all anymore, suddenly I could see and feel energy crossing between my hands. And I realized well, I could do that everywhere. That was just the beginning. But I just started following the energy. What, it, what was it that I was seeing that, that didn't look like it was working right? And how could I work with that energy to make myself um, healthy and stronger and and that's how it all started. And um, and then very interesting things happened. And after having been, really, I'd been allergic much of my life and to most things. And in, the, in seven weeks' time, I lost all allergies to wheats and grains that I'd, I'd never been able to eat bread all my life. Suddenly they were gone. It came in stages how I got healthier and healthier. But I was suddenly I could move my mouth and I could talk really well. My legs started getting stronger. Everything started getting better, and then I started being able to metabolize food. Oh, I had asthma really bad too, which probably was just because my organs were breaking down, and my asthma started going away. Everything started getting better, and I oh I had a heart attack at 27, so. Um, uh, my heart started getting strong, and I, I just got well. And then I wanted to show it to everybody who had any kind of, especially autoimmune illness, because I thought, I know something. 
and I think I can teach this to people. And so I, just out of the blue, without advertising or anything, people started coming to me who had autoimmune immune illnesses in the beginning and and because I understood that something had made the energies in my body or in somebody else's body made the energy turn against their own body and what was that and could you straighten out the energy so that it would not be fighting you anymore and um and I I learned so much during that time because um what I realized is we evolved for a world that no longer exists. And that's why so many people have autoimmune illnesses. Our energies evolved for millions of years to be in alignment with the environment around us. And now we no longer are aligned up. Now our energies have to uh, counter all sorts of environmental toxins. Often pharmaceutical medicines you know, can literally interfere with our body's natural process of healing. And so it wasn't a thing about uh, really healing you. It was about straightening out the energy so it knew how to either acclimate or adapt to the energies that your body had to contend with. And then, and when you did that, uh, a person's body, the, well, the body already knows how to heal. I mean, Inside of us, I believe with all my heart, our body's best medicine is energy. That's the best medicine. And because it already knows how to heal us and fuel us and restore us. And, um, but we have to somehow know the ways to listen to what our bodies are saying. And um, I mean, it's, it's the life force. Energy is the life force, and it's, it, it, it is the most astounding intelligence, I think, on the planet, is energy. And um, so did I answer your question? You did, Donna. I'm curious, though. So many of the techniques that you now teach today, you discovered not through studying energy medicine with other people, but really through working on yourself? Yes. The majority I did. I also learned... Um, I then I you know as time went on I was I would be fascinated when I'd see somebody do something and I could watch what was happening in their energy like sometimes even today when I'm teaching a class there'll be somebody in the audience who has who who does another form of healing or 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 exercises and I'll just invite them to come on the stage and I will show them what their practice is doing to energy and what how it will affect and it, it empower and uh, make healthy somebody. And so a lot, all the things that really have survived, I think, for thousands of years um, are a type of energy medicine. And so, um, so I love doing that. I love being in, having somebody in my class that has, leaves another type of, of healing, and I like to show them what it's doing. And th- that's another thing I got from another, uh, through Touch for Health. That organization is still around, but in the 70s, the Touch for Health organization was the only place out there I knew where I could really learn how to show people what it is I was seeing. And they taught muscle testing. Now, over time, I've changed it into energy testing because it's not a it's not about the strength of muscles, but they really taught me that. And it was 
And it's been wonderful to be able to teach other people who do not see or do not feel energy that they can find out what's going on in another person's body, you know, through this um, sort of biofeedback tool of energy testing. So, um, so... Yeah, yeah, I think what you're saying makes sense that it was a, a combination of working on yourself and then being so yeah, curious and observing. Now, just a, a little bit more about your own biographical life, which is here you're born with this gift of seeing nine different kinds of energy and several types that we haven't even found documented necessarily in other traditions, which we're going to get to. And though also you have had a tendency in your life or your body has had a constitutional weakness towards certain kinds of illnesses. What do you see as the connection between these two things in your own life? Uh, uh, well, I think there there may be two or three things going on. One is, first of all, I deeply believe that most human beings born in the world can see energy. They can, but by the time they're a year old, if nobody keeps it alive, it tends to go dormant. Um, I mean, we are so multisensoried, and most of it is dormant in most people because they do live up in their heads or they have planning or they, whatever. But I had a mother who was, uh, she was an orphan, an orphan who never was adopted. And so she was raised in an orphanage, and she was never told that you couldn't see energy, <laughs> and she always did. And so from the time we were born, my brother, my sister, and I, my mother just talked about it all the time. You know, what color do you see around that person? Do you happen to see that? She was so into energy and what all it meant, and so we were just raised with that. Now, I have my sister is not into the healing world at all, but she sees energy, and my brother is a real redneck truck driver, and he sees energy, but it's not something he talks about in the bars, I'm going to tell you. Because it's just, it, it, people don't get it. But I believe it's because my mother kept it alive. She, And I want to say, I'm sure you, Tammy, have picked up a baby and had that baby look all around your head and not at you. You know, I it, it happens so often when you t pick up a little baby, they're looking at your aura and not at you but it goes dormant. And one of the great things that I love, because I teach this all over the place, is I love when somebody's been studying this for a while and they start to see energy again. I've had numerous people begin, it begins to open. I've also had people um, begin to hear energy, which I can't do, but I can see it and feel it. But I have people who can hear it and then we will test each other in a class so that it's kind of a, like a double blind test so we don't know what each other is saying and the audience is doing that and we were we're right on it matches it matches so i just i think the world is going to have much more of that of, of people being open to the senses in that way and the other question you asked me is how much of that involved my own illness um i think that um I think, I, uh, see, I don't know how to, I, let me see, I'm going to try to answer. Or what you think the uh, relationship is, what you think the relationship there, might be. Well, I think there is a relationship with that, too. I think that sometimes, because I, I've taught thousands of people, and sometimes somebody will come through or was a private uh, client of mine or has come through classes who would say, 
I, I don't, I'll never be able to do this because I'm so sick. I've got to get myself well first. And the first thing I always want to say is, oh my gosh, it's like people who have to heal themselves begin to learn things on themselves. You know, maybe they need a beginning, like maybe what I'm teaching, but then they can take that as a diving board and dive off into areas that nobody knows and they begin to heal themselves. And, 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 I would say nine times out of ten, those people who learn how to heal themselves become healers because uh, because you learn something, because you have a sensitivity that you begin to open up to and say, well, the sensitivity always hurt me because I picked up everything. Well, now I can learn to use that sensitivity uh, in a positive way. Like, I don't, I pick up everybody's stuff still, by the way, but I learned how to move it through my body and not get stuck. And when it moves through, I am I feel better. I am healthier afterwards. I see people with a lot of fears about not wanting to work on this person or be in this uh, group with that person because that person could throws their energies off. Well, I think it's a sorrowful thing that we've got that people have to be afraid of anybody. But if you know that whatever energy comes into you, you can move it right through, and it. And it also does something for you. It clears you, but you also have compassion for that other person afterwards. Because not only is the energy that you didn't want to go through you, go through you, but you get other stuff about that person, too. It just, and anyway, it's something that I like teaching. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, Donna, because you said that earlier in your life, when you experienced other people's energetics, that it would stay with you for a longer period, yes. and that you didn't really understand about boundaries, but that you've come a long way in the last 30 years. Yes. And so I'm curious, yes. what have you discovered about how to be an effective healer who doesn't hold on to this material? Well, first of all, back in the 70s, when I was uh, just starting as a, as a practice, I found that the books that were out and the guidance that were out didn't work for me. And I think that's important, that people need to know that they are individual, they are unique, their energy is as unique as a thumbprint. And so something might not work for you that will work for everybody. And for instance, for me, it never worked. All of the great guidance of the greats that told you how to not take on people's energy or take on their sickness did not work. So what I had to learn was I had to learn to not be afraid of it at all, not to put up any kind of white light and protect me and protect them, but just allow it to come on in. And I do that to this very day. I allow it. I don't have those kinds of boundaries still, but I learn to make it work for me and for them because it pays off for us both. And um, and I do know that that is... That, that, I have a passion about it, about about people not being afraid to take on or getting hit by other people's energy or even the environmental things that at one time really took me down. And uh, I, I'm just, I just know how to move it through me. And, and again, that's something that I tell do. me how you do that. What do you do? How do you make well, sure that? Well, uh, okay, th- th- this is really simplistic. Okay, I found I used to think I could just say it and people would have it, but they don't. But I do teach it in classes and how to do this. But the very first time it happened to me, I mean, gosh, I was working on somebody, and I suddenly picked up their, let's see, I might pronounce it wrong because it 
been a long time since I said this word. Brujan Frigier. Anyway, it's French polio. And the person was paralyzed. And suddenly, I had their paralysis. And I couldn't move. And I had my fingers on two parts of their body. And that person was coming out of paralysis. And I was getting it. And I, I couldn't. I suddenly couldn't talk. I was paralyzed, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And suddenly, what I thought was two things happened. One is I imagined I had a spigot at the bottom of my tailbone. And all of this, and I could just imagine and see it all inside of me. Every place that was suddenly frozen would just spill out the spigot. I could turn on that faucet, and it would spill out. And I imagined Mother Earth loving it as fertilizer, you know, I just, and that was the beginning. But then there have been other times where it was, uh, I always use that still, it just happens automatically, but there have been times where um, I have even asked for help outside of me, you know, from, um, I sometimes when I've, when I've been working on someone, I don't, I, I don't want to, um, uh, let's see, I can only say that it's like some other energy far outside of me, out in the ethers, whether it be um, an angel or whatever you want to call it. I have at times just gotten really still and could feel that being taken out of me. And I just know that sometimes we get help from uh, another realm, and I, I don't want to preach about that, but it's just sort of, wow, I've gotten help when I, I'm amazed at the help I've gotten. But always this bigot works. I also learned how to open up the bottoms of my feet because at the bottoms of your feet is a... Um, they're just receptive energies there that, t- that, that when you feel fabulous and you're walking on the earth out in the country somewhere and you can feel that connection to the planet, it, you, you can also release to the planet when you've got that, when all of those uh, openings on the bottom of your feet are open, then it, things spill out of your feet easily. And, um, and it just automatically happens. You don't have to think about it or anything. And, and so it is something that I teach how people who sometimes if they're very mental or, or have a very strong um, left brain, they have to find a way to be able to let the energy flow to do that. And so... So just to understand, when you work with somebody as an energy healer, is the primary method or a primary part of the healing that you're taking into your own being, whatever it is they're suffering from, and processing it yourself? Um, no, that isn't primary. That happens if um, if I'm going into really deep territory and and I know that this person is in a critical place that really needs to turn around, then that's what what can often happen. But my primary thing is teaching people how to how to unscramble their force fields so that all their energy systems will be in alignment and strong and empowered and they can know how to get their energy back quickly if they lose it, how to clear their mind when it feels fuzzy, how to lift themselves up out of depression or despair, how to take away their own pain, how to do all these things without Western medicine. And um, and as I teach, 
I think my most primary thing is I teach people if they will do a five-minute routine every day, twice a day, um, then they will start building a stronger habit in their energy systems so that when something comes along that can really throw their... Um, throw their energies off or if suddenly they had energy and they don't have it, they will, they will, one, be able to get their energy back fast, but two, their body builds habits. The body's energies build habits so that you only get healthier the more you do it and you're just not as vulnerable to things taking you down in the first place. It is also an amazing compliment that if you are going to do Western medicine, it really complements it. Like, for instance, uh, a lot of hospitals are, are, not a lot, no, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are hospitals in the United States that do energy medicine now, and MD Anderson Cancer uh, Clinic and Hospital in Orlando, Florida has their own department of energy medicine now because they have found for instance, when women um, are going through chemotherapy or radiation, that if you there are two techniques that if you do them while they're going through chemotherapy or radiation, they have very little side effects. Women often don't lose their hair or get nauseated, or it's like because the body learns that this is not something that it has to freak out over and give you side effects. And you teach the body that you're not being poisoned, that this is something good. And and the body really learns fast. So, Donna, when you were describing the example of the person with French polio and taking that into yeah. your body, does that kind of experience happen to you only when you're really trying to help someone who's in a desperate situation, or does it sometimes just happen to you when you meet somebody or are with somebody that you feel what they're feeling? Yes, yes, it can happen anywhere. And I, and again, I think most of my, um, <laughs> most of my life, I was told that this was a very bad thing, that you can't, I mean, you've got to protect yourself and save yourself from that. I just, I really appreciate that uh, I really appreciate, wait, just to hold a second. Okay, I, uh, sorry, somebody was interrupting. I really appreciate that um, when that happens to me, I like feeling what somebody else is feeling. I like being at one with somebody. I really, I, I, I always think that I'm lucky, and I always feel like it makes each of us not so alone when you go to that place. And I also, um, sometimes I'm not super articulate, um, but I found when I can feel where they're at, I can search for my words and feed it back to them. And it just, I mean, I think that the, that the, uh, that, that the world is going to survive better the more people find that that's, uh, an okay thing, that it's a good thing to feel um, that connected. I think part of the reason that feeling other people's experience like that might get a bad rap, if you will, is that then people can sometimes be stuck in someone else's experience. They're not moving it through the yeah. way you're describing. 
Yes, that's exactly right. And there's so much I, I, I see. I know there's a lot of reasons for fear in this world. But one of them, just in my work, I see people so afraid to take on somebody else's energy or not want to be with them or them or do this or do that because they're fearful. But if you know, you, you know that energy will move through you. There's Oh, here's something else. Not only that, but it, it empowers you physically, emotionally, spiritually, every which way you are empowered. But when I was younger, I didn't quite understand this. Um, but I, I was never afraid of anything. And I, and I come to understand as an adult that the reason why I wasn't is because I could move whatever was the experience through me and my body felt stronger afterwards. So I would... I was in many situations where other people would tell me, oh, my God, what you went through, how come this didn't happen? And that, I mean, things that other people would be much too, I, I've never been afraid to walk in dark alleys or down into neighborhoods where you could be, you know, killed. That never, ever frightened me. And I, and it wasn't that I was bravado. It was that it didn't even occur to me to worry about it. And it's because when you move energy through you, there is an empowerment. And I know my sister is a writer, and she wrote once about it probably 20 years ago and, and talking about an experience like she she had like that of, with me, that she was we were in a New York ghetto and r- walking through a tunnel at, at at nighttime, and she's talking about how I'm not even noticing and is just sort of not into it at all that these this gang was coming our way, and she was terrified and everything. But but for me, it was, well, I I guess it's, it's pretty stupid when you say hear what I said, but I said, oh, my God, these are just like gang members. And that's what I said. But it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't hit me. As I said, Donna, way. you're a very unusual person. <laughs> <laughs> but, you really but are. But it turned out to be a wonderful day with them. <laughs> and, uh, but I, so my life is enriched, and I, I love it when I see other people. Somehow I shift into that because it makes life better. It just makes life better, I think. And, and I think that's one of, I mean, I'm so passionate about teaching people you know, tools to empower themselves and their children. And so that children in school, it's not just about healing. Energy, you know, as Einstein said, is everything. Energy is all there is. So it is the foundation of everything. And I grew up also very dyslexic. I mean, never in a million years would I have thought I could be on a radio show with you or teach as I do, because I, even as I spoke, I transposed words, so I would put one word in front of the other. And in school, I couldn't do math because I would transpose the numbers. They'd think I got it wrong, but I just transposed them and then end up with the wrong answer. And I don't have dyslexia anymore, and it was just from straightening my energies out. So one of the great joys in my life, and I can't do it very much anymore because um, because I'm, I'm just on the road trying to teach people how to do this. But I used to, before my, my first book came out, I did volunteer work still. And I, once a week, I would go into school systems and teach kids how to unscramble their force fields so they could, they could um, uh, take in what the teacher was saying, understand the subject, 
uh, what to do before a test so that their energies were unscrambled and they could learn better and how many times I would also do that with I would go into a classroom and I think and the teacher would invite me after a while because I because I I was getting sort of known for school systems and the teacher would say I don't know why my kids can't learn I mean I I, I don't know why I got a class this year that, where everybody seems to be falling behind and it would be the teacher's energy that was so scrambled that she put out a crooked energy and the kids couldn't learn. And so I would work with her and she would see her kids would then start turning around and start learning. So there's just so much to be taught and learned in, yeah. in the world of energy medicine. There's actually so much I want to talk to you about, Donna, but I'm going to try to get right to it. This is a small okay. question, but it's something you said at the very beginning, which was that okay. now that you're postmenopausal, you have more control, that when you had your menstrual cycle, it was like all barriers were down. And I'm curious if you could just explain that. That was a very curious statement to me. Oh, well, I, you know, even my second book, Energy Medicine for Women, I wrote from the experiences that I learned from just how hormonal I was. I didn't know anybody who had as bad a PMS as I did, and it was partly because of my sensitivities, because there were seven to ten days of the month where I could not turn any sensitivity off. And it was, and it was, and I also couldn't turn off my need to help people right at a time where I probably should have been taking some moon hut time like they do in other cultures and and be alone because um, because it was hard to be in the world. That was the very time I couldn't say no to anybody. So I um, it was it was I, I I was I had a practice in a small town, Ashland, Oregon. And many, many, many people in that town had it on their calendars when I was <laughs> <laughs> because they wanted they wanted a session during that time because I was so psychic. I was not wrong ever during that time. And they if they wanted to know what was going on in their bodies too, or in anything in the middle or whatever. I was right on. And so at the other times of the month, I had a little bit of protection, but not much. But this was, there was none there. And so um, when I went through menopause, I mean, other people were saying, I mean, just how awful it was for me. I thought, oh, my God, this is incredible. This is wonderful. And so I, I just did things in reverse. But I find now that I'm postmenopausal, I mean, I have more energy than I've ever had in my entire life. And I have, and my body had, I know this has happened because I've seen it happen to a, lots and lots and lots of other people. I know that I, my body has evolved to be able to throw off stuff that could hit it. Um, I have a very healthy heart. You know, after having a really bad heart for the first 30 years of my life and um, in bed as a little tiny girl and then a heart attack at 27, my heart is in great shape. I don't have any sensitivity towards MS and they say you'll have it all your life. No, it's just not true. And you can, you can evolve your your body so that it can tolerate the things in this world much better. And, uh, and, and then you don't have to pay attention so much. You can just enjoy your life. Okay. Now, one <laughs> of the uh, topics we said we would circle back around to, and I want to, is that you identified these different energy systems in the body, many of which have been documented and taught in other world traditions 
Chinese medicine, et cetera. But which are the energy systems in the body that you see and experience that you haven't noted any other traditions documenting? Okay, it's interesting. I think in the last couple of years, I've seen a couple of other people write something that is quite similar. So I think it's starting to come up. But for 30 years, I've taught how to put in a person's grid. And for lack of a better word, I called it a grid because it looks like a grid. And it's kind of like if you think of a building when they're starting to lay down the foundation and that they want to make sure the foundation is really good before they build everything on top. Often when people go through something hard, whether it be emotionally or physically or whatever reason, spiritually, whatever is the thing that threw them off, it's like their body went through an earthquake and their foundation got thrown off so that they might go through years and years of healing and doing everything right. But how come they don't feel real energetic or how come they don't have all their health back or their happiness back when they should those are their words when they quote should unquote and often it's because they're they had an earthquake to their being and the foundation never got put back so that's one thing i teach i teach something called um uh radiant circuits and I think, I think I'm the best person on the planet to teach radiant circuits because, and, and now, by the way, in these later years, I found that they are very similar to what the Japanese call strange flows. And there are systems of, of, of Japanese work um, where they work with strange flows, but because I didn't learn it with them, and I, and I had to, I just named it myself radiant circuits, I... I, th- I learned something I think that you wouldn't learn if you went through a traditional way of learning it. Because basically what they are, they, I think they, I'm not, I think I'm very sure that radiant circuits predate meridians or chakras or, uh, and maybe not the aura, but maybe the aura. Radiant circuits are the energies that will travel anywhere they need to or want to or see fit to in your whole body and outside your body. How to connect it up. The best way I can talk about it is when you first fall in love and you're walking on cloud nine, your radiant circuits are hooked up. But there are, there are let's see, I think there are, I'm going to have to name them myself, I think there are eight or nine radiant circuit pathways that you can hook up and they will do different things. So one is that bliss state. And, 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 and for moments you might feel it if you're really, if like if you're seeing a sunset and you've never seen anything like that in your life, you get hit through your whole being. Well, all your circuitry is turned on. And, and if you can, let's see, what's another? Another way is there's a circuitry called a penetrating flow. And it, it penetrates you deep so that you can get it at a soul level and you know it. And it can hit you maybe in, in joy, but it can also hit you in sorrow. It can hit you in the meaning of things, you know, mentally. It can hit you spiritually. It hits you every which level. And um, well, that's, that's one. Um, uh, there's a, a system that that is actually a part of... Of, of Chinese traditional medicine, but I believe it goes far beyond. And like all 
cultures that haven't sort of evolved their understanding of a system. Sometimes cultures really have the basics, but I think they 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 can't keep it within um, sort of what the, some sort of lines and framework that it goes far beyond that. So there's a system that I think is incredibly important called triple warmer. Now triple warmer is also named for a meridian on Chinese medicine, but beyond everything that 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 that, that the Chinese and that and acupuncture schools teach as triple warmer, I know it is far more than that, because triple warmer is probably the first, first energy that humans and animals and everybody had, you know, in the sea, everywhere, was the first energy, because it governs the fight, flight, or freeze response, and, um, and, and so that has been incredibly powerful and has, and, and, and really needs to be evolved now. That's a system that needs to be evolved because it hasn't changed since prehistoric times that we still react to a stress when it hits in the same way. And, I mean, we lose blood from our forebrain. It goes into the body for the fight-or-flight response. And under a heavy-duty stress, it can be 80% of the blood from our forebrain. And yet we live in a world where we're meant to be thinking things through, but we don't even have all our blood up there. And so this system gets really OD'd. And, um, so when you say, Donna, that it has to be evolved, you mean that we need a new way of dealing with fight, flight, or freeze and when that response is evoked in absolutely, us? Absolutely. Absolutely, because, because that system is so strong in us. And, and we don't have saber-toothed tigers that we have to fight and run away from, but that system can get turned on if suddenly your computer crashes or if somebody cuts you off in traffic. Or, and and it's, it's an incredible wear and tear in our bodies that, that you're on alert so much of the time. And we really need to bring in its opposite force in the radiant circuits so that people can have more joy and because... Also, because that triple warmer fight or flight is on so much, it takes it. Oh, it has the ability and sort of the mandate to take energy from anywhere it wants out of any meridian, any uh, any of the aura bands, anywhere to fight a stress. But then it's not available to you if you start to get cancer. It's not available to you when you have the flu because it's been there trying to get rid of the stress buildup you've got in your body. And um, so that's one of the most important things I think I teach is how to help triple warmer work with the other energies so that you aren't on alert all the time and yet it will still be there if you really need it. Is there a simple energy medicine technique you can share with us to help us evolve our triple warmer response? Okay, I'll give you I'll give you one. Let's see which. There's a lot of them, by the way, but a simple one is okay. If you okay, rub your hands together and just shake them off for a minute, just so that if you've got any stress on your hands, it just empties it for a minute. And then uh, take take your fingers and lay them sideways over your eyes, and take one deep breath in, and as you let your breath out. Pull your fingers across your eyeballs to your temples and let your breath out completely. 
then take another in-breath and push your fingers with some pressure above your ears. And as you let your breath out, take them around your ears and down your neck and hang on your shoulders. Now, you can stay at your shoulders as long as you want, but at this point, take a deep breath in. This is your third breath. Push your fingers into your shoulders, drag them across your shoulders, and land in the middle of your chest on your heart chakra with both your hands, one hand on top of the other, and just take one deep breath there and let go. It will, it will do several things. It will start taking your stress level down. It will start teaching that energy system to not um, to, to to not be on alert all the time. It will help your immune system so that um, so that it's more ready to handle any kind of illness or disease that comes along. And you are literally evolving your that part of your body so that you can uh, live a healthier, happier life. That was fabulous, Donna. Can we do it one more time together? Will you take me through it one more time? Yes. Okay. Lay your fingers sideways over your eyes. With, with not holding deeply, but not, not too light either. Just kind of a, 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 a calm firmness. And take a deep breath in. And as you let your breath out, drag your fingers over your eyes to the sideways to your temples. And let your breath out all the way. Now take a deep breath in here with your fingers on your temples. And let your breath out again. Now take another in-breath and, and slide your fingers with some pressure, but not a lot, up over your ears. So you're up above your ears. And then as you let your breath out, come around backside of your ears and, and come down your neck and hang on your shoulders with your fingers. Now take a deep one. This is the third deep breath. Take third deep breath and press your fingers deep across your shoulders and drag them across your shoulders to the forefront and and lay your hands one on top of the other on your heart chakra in the middle of your of your chest and let go. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Now, there's one more thing that I wanted to talk with you about today. I mean, there's hundreds of things, but I'll go right for this final topic, which is I know that recently your daughter has been suffering a severe health crisis. And here you are with all of these gifts as an energy healer. And I'm curious what the situation was like and how you handled it. Yes, thank you. Um, my daughter went through a fertility treatment to become pregnant, and they OD'd her with, with too many hormones, and her body became one blood clot, and her blood wouldn't flow anymore. She's been healthy all of her life. She's a Middle Eastern dancer, and she's very important in my classes, and she was helicoptered out uh, of the emergency room, and I met her at the hospital and they said she would never live through the night because her her, she, her blood uh, was was not flowing. It was interesting. She was all one blood clot. The only place that had blood was in her uterus and her, her ovaries had blown up the size of cantaloupes 
and her uterus was uh, just going crazy, and so she was bleeding just from her uterus, but she was all blood clots. And so so I just moved into the hospital, and, and they said they didn't know what to do because if they stopped her from bleeding, it means that they couldn't do anything to help make the blood thin for her blood clots. It was one thing contradicted the other. So, you know, I just started working on her with energy. And um, and I one of the things I did was I sedated a meridian that gover- governs the uh, the development and the processing of of blood and of red blood cells. And by sedating it and taking the power away from it, it made the blood clots start to soften, and um, and that. And, and, and yeah, start to soften and finally flow. And but on the other side, I I had to do something to stop the bleeding. So it was, I just worked with energy with it, and um, and it was it was a very scary, scary thing. And but she's out of the hospital and she's home, and we're we're all together. I mean, I can only imagine the intensity of having to use everything you've worked with your whole life to save your own daughter's life. Everything I've worked with all my life, and um, and also again having to see the uniqueness of a of of everybody's energy. That some of the things that I knew would work. Um, I mean, this was very. I mean, it, you, it comes down to something universal. I'm universal. I'm not universal. Um, it was unique to her, and that how did the hormones affect her? They've given people hormones like this before to other people, and maybe they got a baby out of it. But when they did it to her, and that's what one of the things that I think is difficult about Western medicine, they the pharmaceuticals are for everybody. It's general. And you don't know how something's going to affect you. And that's what happened to her. It it just, her body did not do the right thing. And so, um, but it, it, and, but what I have learned to do and what I teach people to do is, you know, people who study longer and really want to be able to know this so well that they can practice on other people's bodies, that there are going to be times you're going to come up against something that you don't know what to do. I mean, all of the basics are going to work, like straighten the energy out first and make sure that they are not scrambled and, and everything can flow. But then, what do you do uniquely for them? And I teach people how to track energy. Be like a like in, you know, 150 years ago when people were having to track across the country and there was no pathway, how to track the energy when there is no pathway and nobody has, that is not written yet. What do you do? And that's, and that's where I felt I went because I had no pathway and nobody had written about this yet. Mm-hmm. Now, Donna, just the very last question I have is that you have such an unusual voice. Your voice is so bubbly. And I find, yeah, and I find you always seem so unbelievably happy and uplifted and high spirited to me. And I'm curious, just is it always like that for you? I I love that you said that, by the way. That's why I said early on in the program, I think I am the person more than any person on this planet who ought to be teaching people how to do the how to activate their own radiant circuits because my radiant circuits are activated it means that my happiness 
my joy comes from such a deep place within me and has nothing to do with the world around me. It's like something bubbles up in me. And when I smile, I feel that smile down to my soul. And that's, that's, the, that's the benefit of getting your radiant circuits really working. And that's great. I'm glad you said that. Well, now, as a final gift, because I want a little bit of this, I want some of this radiant circuit, <laughs> how can you help those of us who might desire more of this radiant circuitry flowing and bright, bright energy like that? <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's see. I think once a day, once a day, you if you can find a place outside where it's not in a building, but if you could just step outside somewhere and open your arms to the heaven, and, and I always think, call this, touching heaven with two hands and simply be in a receptive place. If you don't know where the circuits are, you don't have to know. If you just go into that receiving place, just, whoa, you're open to whatever the heavens can give you, whatever whatever wisdom is there for you, whatever truth is there, or whatever energy that can just come through you. And if you stand out underneath a night sky or the daytime, and your hands, everybody will find this. Their hands will begin to fill up with an energy. I mean, nine times out of ten, people can feel it quite fast. Their hands begin to buzz or fill up with the warmth. And when you get to that place, you scoop that energy up and you put it in the middle of your heart chakra. There is an ancient vortex there that several different cultures call something like heaven rushing in. And heaven rushes in with healing for you or wisdom for you or insight for you or a little bit of joy for you, a little bit of that sunset energy coming into your body. And the more you do it, the more you will receive it and get it and start building up a habit so that you can have it more and more in your body. Wonderful. I've been speaking with Donna Eden. It's been a great joy. Thank you so much. Thanks for all your generosity. Thank you, Tep. This was great. You've been listening to a special broadcast of Insights at the Edge with Donna Eden, who's one of our featured presenters, along with her teaching partner, David Feinstein, in a new series that begins in July of 2020 called The Year of Energy Healing. Please visit SoundsTrue.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to Insights at the Edge. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at SoundsTrue.com backslash podcast. That's SoundsTrue.com backslash podcast. And if you're interested, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. And also, if you feel inspired, please head to iTunes and leave Insights at the Edge a review. I love hearing your feedback, and I love being connected and also learning how we can continue to evolve Insights at the Edge and improve our program. The music for Insights at the Edge is composed by Andrew Pike. Soundstrue.com, waking up the world.